1: to Game On Business Talk Radio with your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Our program is not afraid to discuss the more controversial business ideas and topics. Get ready for an unfiltered discussion of problems and solutions that today's businesses, large or small, face daily. Now, here is Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Hi, good
2: morning. This is Game On Business Talk with D. Anthony Miles. We have an awesome show for you today want you to get some coffee and a seat. We're gonna, you're going to need a bobble and a seat belt for today's show. The topic for our show today is a discussion on the film Django. African-American scholars get their perspective. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce the guests right away, and I'm going to read their backgrounds. Today we have Dr. Carrie Lattimore, and we have Dr. Charles Moses. How are you guys this morning? I'm doing, doing I'm doing well. Well, uh, Dr. Lattimore, let me read your bio real quick. Okay, Dr. Kerry Lattimore is associate professor and chair of the history department at Trinity University. He's a historian with a focus on Af- uh, American history and African American experience. His experience is he is an author of two articles Surviving War and Underground Richmond Free Blacks and the Criminal Networks During the Civil War. He published that with the Virginia Magazine of History and Bibliography. And he also published A Step Closer to Slavery, Free African-Americans, Industrialization, Social Control, and Residency in Richmond City, 1850 to 1860. He's presented his research at numerous conferences around the country. His education background is he has a Ph.D. in history from Emory University, an M.A. in history from Emory University, and a B.A. in history from University of Richmond. Dr. Charles Moses, our second guest, is a professor and interim dean of the School of Business Administration at Clark Atlanta oh, wow. University. He's chief academic officer for the university. He has over 20 years experience in the media and higher education, IT and tech and uh, telecommunications sectors. He's a founding dean of a progressive business school in rural in the rural province of South Africa. He was a consultant with uh, USA and Deloitte and Touche in South Africa. His education background is he has a doctorate in management from Case Western University, an MBA in management from the City uh, University of New York, Baruch College, and a B-side psychology from Howard University. And I want to introduce our guest today. Is everybody doing okay? Great. I'm, doing right. I'm doing well. All righty, great. I uh, want to uh, start him with you quick, uh and I'll start with you first, uh, Dr. Lattimore. What was the? What do you think of the film Django? Do you think it
3: was a hidden agenda with that film? I don't know if it was an agenda or not. It kind of reminds me of like some of the, the terms of the older '70s black exploitation films. It takes a, um, a link off of a western theme, and you know it looks at it through that. I'm not sure if it was an agenda too, and I just think it was just a movie. Um. You know, that's
4: just my own opinion. Uh, I think there was an agenda. I think it was an attempt, you know, a cheap commercialization attempt. I think it obviates slavery, which was a very serious phenomenon that has impacted our people in a profound way. Um, Set us on a different development trajectory from which we have not recovered and and may never recover. Um, And if you let other people tell your story, they will do just what happened in the jungle. They will commercialize it and cheapen it uh... Not. Slavery is a profoundly uh, 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 hurtful and harmful phenomenon and, and institution for our people, and we've not recovered. And you and I look at me, everybody, we all know you go out in the streets where you live, where I live, and you see the, the consequences of the uneven uh, development trajectory that it put us on. Slavery was a loss of sovereignty. For African Americans, slavery meant... It continues to mean a loss of sovereignty, and, and we have not recovered from that.
2: Well, that's an interesting perspective uh, Dr. Moses because i was a uh, I was talking about this earlier because this is a specific reason why I brought up this show in this particular month because obviously we have you know we have the Trayvon Martin case, and uh what I wanted to say, and you could add you guys can chime in on this if you want to agree with me, because of slavery and because of the things that happened, and Dr. Latimore, you're an expert in this area, do you think that that has some influence on how African-American people are treated because of the legacy of slavery? Now, what the point that I'm trying to get at is, take the Trayvon Martin case, correct? Someone was trying to ascertain to where he was going, like he didn't have his papers in slavery. Like, where are you going? Why are you here? Aren't you somebody responsible for you? What are you doing here? And I want to ask you, does Django uh, kind of influence people to think that way, or is it just African-Americans? What do you think?
3: Oh, that's a deep question, and I'll try to answer it the best way that I can. I mean, number one, obviously slavery has had a profound influence on and the effects of slavery on how the whole country has been. We wouldn't have our definitions of freedom and liberty and everything else if it wasn't for American slavery. Um, slavery has affected how we are perceived – Externally, but how African Americans perceive themselves, and so if Interesting. anything that the movie does is it, it, it. I think it does reflect some of those aspects of how externally African Americans are viewed, and some of the things that happen internally with African Americans. At the same time, I don't know if Django affects how people will view African Americans because I think, in many ways, those views are pretty set. <laughs> Yes, of course. So I hope Dr. I answered Moses. the question. I'm, I'm not sorry. sure. I mean, that, that was kind of a that was a broad question. I do not want to go too far in that.
2: Uh, very good, very good answer. Dr. Moses, what do you think?
4: Well, I, you know, I think that when you have these kinds of um, events, slavery as an institution was, was, was catastrophic for our people. I don't think anybody would deny that. Um, the story needs to be told. Again and again, from many many perspectives. Just like you tell the Holocaust story, there've I been mean, books written about it. There've been movies on it. People people interpret it in different ways. But we haven't done that. I look at that movie as being done by somebody who was not really impacted by slavery, uh, who is putting his spin on uh, the pain and suffering of another group, and I'm distrustful of the motives. Um, I don't think it's anything to laugh at. Um, I, I think I think he, he was particularly preoccupied with the kind of spasmodic violence of it. You know, uh, uh, without trying to deal with the institution as a whole and the need, the fact that it was an immoral institution which needed to be overthrown. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think it, I think that when and this is a problem for me in terms of culture. For the African American community, when you don't control the cultural, the levers of culture in your community, when they're external to you, people can define you any way they want to define you. And I think that was the case with "But the Django Unchained." I was thinking of a movie called "Mississippi Burning." It came Oh out yes, I remember ago. that one. When, 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 the, when the filmmaker actually had the temerity to try to make the FBI look like heroes in the eradication of slavery, we know. That, I mean, a lot in the eradication of, of during the civil rights era. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that the FBI may have been complicit, okay, in some of the uh, uh, activities uh, impacting some of those civil rights activists during that time. So um, you have, I, I, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry, I, I'm not on board. I think that, uh, uh, you know, the, the movie, you know, is, is, is a problem. It was a problem for me. I saw it some time ago, and you know, and, you know, it's a Hollywood version um, of, of American history, very profoundly uh uh selling uh, institution for, for our community. Now
2: uh you raised the interesting point of both of you and I know doctor Dr. Lattimore you come from a different perspective. Now I don't know if you got to hear the monologue because we had some technical difficulties, but no. I wanted I wanted you to know, do you know that they have and they sell this on Amazon. Do you know that they sell uh Django action figures? Have you seen that? <laughs> both any of you? It doesn't surprise, it
4: surprise me. me, you
2: know. It doesn't surprise me. Doesn't I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. I'd never seen anything like that. I mean, what are your opinions on you know, that? You know, you know, there's a whole
4: bunch of things that um, that are outgrowths of slavery. The language that we use, the way they use the N-word, the way we use the N-word. And these are profound um, uh, uh, symbols for our people. And, and 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 when you allow them to be commercialized, and you allow them, to, and they're expropriated and sold back to you, um, with, and they become devoid of the meaning that attached to them, then, then you'll go for anything. You'll go for anything. And so now we're going through Trayvon Martin, and you and I know there'll be another Trayvon Martin, or something even worse, coming down the pike. Um, and, you know, we, could, we deal with them as singular incidents. We don't look at them in terms of the, the context. You know, the institution breeds um, this kind of dissolution, okay, this kind of um, lack of concern, a lack of, uh, of, of positioning uh, of our... The things that we need as a people have been devalued, have been repackaged and sold back to us without value, without meaning. And we have to find a way. Uh in my view, uh, as a people, we have to find a way to try to, you know, regain, at least in the most fundamental way, um, a sense of the things that are important. Uh this Paula Dean situation, for example, is an encrowber to that. Paula Dean uses a bad word and everybody wants to excorciate her, I understand, but I work at an institution where young men and women walk around every day using the word and I'm at the end of the school of business at historical black college. I can Walk you right down uh, the main drag at that school, and listen, let you listen to the way the young people talk to each other. So I can't. I, I think there's a fair amount of hypocrisy involved. You know, we devalue language, we devalue language, we devalue cultural symbols, and then we get mad when people sell them back to us, or when people use them in ways that we didn't intend for them to be used. So I think we you know the thing is that we've, all of our cultural markers. The language, the way we define ourselves, the way we do business, if we do business, all of these things, the way we dress, the way we look, okay, these things are either reinforcing, they either help or they hurt us in terms of the continuance of our culture. You know, we're all I only here one lifetime, but we're all part of a bigger legacy. And part of the way you uphold, one of the ways you uphold is that legacy to try to understand it. You don't have to walk around with a chip on your shoulder, but you better understand your history and what that means in terms of the possibility for the future. So these symbols, when people can take your story and sell it back to you, okay, and pick the things that they want to sell you, they don't because some of this is uncomfortable. And when they can pick and choose and repackage and give you back your history and make you digest it, okay, and you do that without thinking about, you know, what that really means, I think that's the problem for me. Uh, I'm only speaking as one individual,
3: but I have a problem
2: with that. Dr. Lattimore, uh, what's your input on that?
3: My input is, and you know, I, I like a lot of what Dr. Moses is saying, uh, to me uh, where we might diverge a little bit, although we don't completely diverge, is I think we as a people have a responsibility to ourselves. I can't worry about what's being repackaged and sold to me. I still have a responsibility or not to accept it, to buy it, or anything else. Um, I think that if we are to look at Django, um, in many ways, Hollywood—that's what they do. They repackage they sell. Their job is to make money. It's our job to determine whether we accept it or not. And in many ways, you know, some of the responses that I've heard about Django—I've heard it, um, some people say it's a um, this movie about an African American man who goes out and gets revenge on other people, or the the master or whatnot. On the other end, I heard basically that the main character was basically Tonto, you know, the second in in charge of being led by a white person. Um, These are all things that we have allowed ourselves to be sold, and sometimes we do it to ourselves. Uh, If we're to look at the Trayvon Martin situation, um, you know, however that's going to turn out, I have an opinion of how it's going to probably turn out. At the same time, there are hundreds of black on black crimes that don't get attention within our own community. And so the way that we look at race internally, intra racially, is much different than the way that we look at interracially. And so sometimes this devaluing of life, um, it seems to me that we devalue it when it deals with African Americans on African Americans.
2: Interesting. And so
3: we have to find a way to re-up the value of African-American life, um, because the only way it seems to gain our attention sometimes is when it is black on white, police on black, um, etc., or, oh. you know, or Django versus some of the black movies that we have produced that have been horrible in the ways that they've perceived African-Americans. Um, the Paula Deen situation. Um, of course, I will say these are allegations, and there's a, there, there's a case. Um, the allegations were made, and there was an extortion attempt, apparently, um, against Ms. Dean, um, because a person, oh, the person wanted some money or something like that. Um, and we don't know how those, you know, I, I've, I've seen some cases, I like the Duke LaCrosse case, in which things don't always end up being the way that we think that they were. But even if it is the case, as um, Dr. Moses said, the way that we speak to each other, the way that we refer to black women, um, the way that we refer to each other. I mean, we have to have pride in ourselves before we can expect, and I wouldn't say we have to have pride in ourselves. Other people, we should demand pride, I mean, demand respect from everybody, but certainly between ourselves. Certainly I mean,
4: between we, can, ourselves. we cannot control what other people say about us. We have absolutely no control over what people say about us. But we have control about what we say to each other. And the way we conduct ourselves as far as the way we hold ourselves high in everyday life. And, I, and you know, it is always going to be, I mean, Paula Dean is it, always going to be people like her. She claims that she's just a product of her upbringing. And, and that's fine with me. I mean, I accept that. I mean, and but what hurts me more is when I walk down the promenade, it's called the promenade at my school here in Atlanta. And I hear some young man, 20 years old, or 19 years old, call some young women to be work.
3: Exactly.
4: Yeah, and that that troubles me. And I'm and I, and, I, and he does it right in my presence, like that doesn't matter. And then people say, Well, you shouldn't feel that way because that's the way we talk to each other. Well no, I don't I don't talk to women that way. So, and it hasn't been
3: historically the way we've talked to each other. If we look at music for one example,
4: mm-hmm.
3: the, the the language that's used that's been used for the last ten, fifteen years, is significantly different. I'm only thirty seven, but you know, I used to listen to music in the seventies and eighties the and there was a positivity that has now been transfigured into some sort of nihilism. And it's yeah, a way yeah, of looking a, at the world yeah, through negative short In the name
4: of making money. I mean, just, it's all about money. So if I can make money and I have to degrade you or your mother or your sister to do it, it's all about me getting that money. And, so let me and, get in here so, real
2: quick. So both of you are saying that uh, we have a part in creating a Django, how Django is actually being marketed. Is that what you're who? saying?
4: You know, I think I would feel better if there were like 30 or 40 movies that have been out about slavery and there were 30 or 40 interpretations of it. Um, but this movie is singular in that, you know, there's you know some, you know, majority producers decided to do this movie. So there's no countervening voices. You know, we haven't – slavery was not that – you know, I think it was four or five generations ago. We haven't really digested it as an institution yet and people are starting to do all this, like, say, uh, Lone Ranger and Tonto-type things. And I think slavery deserves a serious interpretation and a serious uh, capitulation for our people so that we can really look at it and try to understand how it has impacted our development.
3: So the good question about that is, if it were to receive that kind of treatment, could it be purchased? Would it be accepted by us as the people? Because the bottom line is, we would have to go to the movie
4: theaters and buy it. Well, I mean, again, again, we shouldn't talk about it. In other words, if we are profoundly impacted by these institutions, then we have to devote some money and some resources to going to serious treatments and uh, reading books and going to movies, and then doing the things that uh, allow us to understand these phenomenon and more completely. I mean, I think this is a stylized, as, as someone said earlier, Hollywood version of slavery. It was done that way so they could make money and sell tickets. But I can't you know, and I'm, all, and I'm all for entertainment. But I think I, 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 I would be more comfortable if there was just one version out of many. And there have been many, many movies written about the Holocaust and many, many interpretations. Some of them are more commercial. Some of them are more serious. And I think so then there's then a context in which you could place a film like Django.
2: That's pretty interesting. I want to ask both of you, do you think that uh, – and and I, this is going to be a great question for you. Do you think uh, – because I'm noticing a trend. Because Django came after the help. And mm-hmm. uh, it was some people that had a problem with the help. And, and I want to get your opinions on this. Do you think it's a trend – For some of these type of films to show up to revisit a past that I think some African-Americans want to forget, but they can't forget.
4: What do you think? I mean, we keep going back to it. You know, we're always second fiddle. I mean, I think we're always second. We're always, you know, serving somebody's food or driving somebody around in a car. We keep going back to those same images. I mean, do we accept that that's the only image in the African-American community? And, I mean, you know, my mother was a maid. At, one, at a couple of points in her life. I understand that. But, I mean, there are other people who were, you know, chiefs in our community, people who were leaders, unsung heroes. Why don't we tell those stories? See, now, the outside community is not going to tell those stories. We have to tell those stories. I work at an HBCU. Why don't we do a movie about how HBCU got founded? I mean, there's all kinds of stories. Do we accept the fact that you know, everybody in our community the only thing acceptable for public uh, consumption and maids and, and people who drive cars? I'm not hating, but I'm just saying. You know, I think our community is a little bit more diverse than that, don't you? Absolutely. I would agree. I,
3: I, I mean, would agree. Yeah. I think that if we were to look at Hollywood in general, the the quality of movies that really tell stories in our society seems to be on decline. It doesn't seem that we have, you know, Dr. Lattimore. and other kinds of things seem to be coming. Dr. You know, Lattimore, let
2: me get in here. Yet. We have to take a break real quick, and oh, we'll sure. be right back for you to make your point. Uh, this is Game on Business Talk. We'll be right back.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success
3: so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific
1: Time right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Hi, we're back. This is Game On Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles, and we're going to continue our discussion on the movie Django. And uh, our guests today are Dr. Carrie Lattimore and Dr. Charles Moses. And uh, at the break, we're uh, right in the middle of Dr. Lattimore's comments. Go ahead, Dr.
3: Lattimore, finish your point. I I was... um saying that I think that if we look to Hollywood and movies and mainstream Hollywood movies, we can't expect too much because of the trajectory our society's moving. They're all about money. And if you look at the blockbuster, the superhero movies, you know, plot development and dealing with a story like slavery to give it the sensitivity that it requires, we really can't expect that to happen in this society because, one, people aren't paying for those kinds of movies. If you look at Lincoln, I was reading a story that that almost ended up on HBO instead of as a blockbuster because the Hollywood studios didn't feel that it was a kind of movie that uh, would generate the kind of interest. If you look at Red Tails, look at how much, you know, um, George Lucas had to fight to get that into the theaters. And so we kind of have to move away from the idea that Hollywood and those movies are the kinds of vehicles that are going to be presenting truly deep, complex situations. What
4: they're going to do, do is just know, like the music know, industry, you know, it's going to be short-sighted. I, I I agree, and let me just say this, but, you know, there are alternatives out there. You know, yeah. I, I do a lot of work in West Africa, and in Ghana and Nigeria, they have evolved a really, really, a multi-billion-dollar-a-year movie industry. I know a guy in Ghana that can make a full-length feature film for $30,000. <laughs> he does all, everything from write the script to distribute it in the mm-hmm. Ghanaian Villages. And he makes money, he turns a profit with his films. In India, you know, they have a, a multi-billion dollar in the film industry where they tell their own stories. I mean, they have the courage to tell their own stories, and they find a way to sell them to their constituents. So I'm saying there are models out there in the world, business models, that we can use to, and we can emulate to address some of these concerns. Have everything does have to come from Hollywood.
3: And, well, that's what we're doing uh, here, you know. Yeah. This kind of discussion probably would not happen on CNN, Yeah, yeah. but it happens on another vehicle. Yeah. yeah, And, you know, Your Black World, that's another example. I mean, these are examples of where people are kind of going outside of the mainstream to discussing issues that are pertinent to specific communities. Yeah. And yeah. it's a wonderful thing. The, the, the new media, the Internet, the way that things can be marketed now is much easier to break through. And we as a people must find ways to break through if we don't like the stories that are being told. If we if we, like the, if we like the stories that are being told, go ahead and accept it. If we don't like it, then we must do something about it. And it's our responsibility to do something about it.
2: I agree. Well, y- y'all raised an interesting point, and I want you to elaborate more on this. Why did uh, Red Tails not make it and Django gets, say, an Academy Award? I have a problem with that. I'm sorry. Uh, what do you think about that? Well,
4: Red Red Tails was just in so-so film. It wasn't a great film. Even the action scenes were not... I mean, they were okay. But, I mean, it wasn't... you know For its genre, it wasn't particularly um, compelling. It was okay, but it wasn't, you know? I mean, and I know George Lucas is a master of, you know, animation and all that stuff like that, and it must have been a horribly expensive film to make. But, I mean, it really wasn't, to me that great of a film. It was okay. And I'm glad the story got told. I have an uncle who was a Tuskegee Airman. And so I'm glad that story got told. Well,
2: we have a connection. My grandfather was a mechanic at Tuskegee.
4: Small yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, but, but but again, I think the story, the Red Tails, the Tuskegee Airman story was so compelling. I mean, there should be two or three movies about it. Um, two, three or four, two or three interpretations of that movie. And, and, and some of the aspects of the story that were not told. You know, what they went through on a day-to-day basis, what they must have gone through to get trained and stuff like that, to me is much more compelling than a bunch of action scenes flying around, shooting people down, and and using, you know, doing the old John Wayne, you know, staring down the, you know, uh, staring through the crosshairs of a 50-caliber machine. Oh, absolutely.
2: My grandfather told me some backstories about some of the things they had to go through, and I think Carrie knows about this. They didn't uh – this, that was the flying and the action scenes. You hit it on the head, Doctor Moses. That was mm-hmm. just uh, surface of the things that they had to go through. Yeah. They went through a lot. There were yeah. not stories that weren't. I guess they want to focus the film on that. Yeah. But it was a so, it was a lot of yeah. things before that, that they had to yeah. go
4: through. That's what, I mean, that's what I would find most compelling is how these young men, you know, living in segregated America at the time, with you know, with you know, and I always asked the old the time, I said, why did you guys feel? so strongly that you had to go and put your life at risk for a country that didn't treat you right. I mean, that well, was, to me, that's the crux of it. Um, and and But, you know, of course, I'm not, you know, I'm not an American consumer, um, but I, I just felt like I would want to know why a young man who was going through hell um, would put themselves at risk like that, you know, to try to prove something to a country that basically didn't want to, you know, why would they fight for the right to fight for their country? Why do they have to do that? Why do they feel they had to do that? I think I think that was that would be to me that would be an important story for you. Know, Dr. Lattimore, like. what
3: do you yeah. think? <laughs> I think as far as a story and I keep coming back to and if I look at a lot of the way that our society the way that we've moved, if you look at um, studies, it shows that our level of empathy for each other has declined. We have become much more oh, self centered. Wow. We want to be entertained. Um if you look at the I don't want to say the critical thinking skills, but our testing system, everything that we have is geared towards the short-term and short-term rewards. And when you do that, the entertainment industry and other industries are going to be a reflection of that. Our media is a reflection of the short-term. We have one person from the left and one person on the right, and they fuss at each other, and there's no resolution. In a sense, there's no critical thinking. And so the kinds of discussions that I think we as a society and we as a people need are exactly the kinds of discussions that are becoming less likely to occur in a society that's very short-sighted and very mean-now-sighted, if that makes sense.
2: Oh, absolutely. Do you think, uh, and, I, and I know Dr. Moses feels strongly about this, do you think there needs to be some type of uh, cinematic integrity where you're putting together a film that talks about something that happened in history? You don't have to tell the story exactly but it should be some cinematic integrity. What do you think about that?
3: I would, I would, I would wish that, that things would be like that, but I mean, I look at how movies have been done historically over the time. I mean, they've never, you know, I don't go to a movie to really see historical accuracy. I don't expect it. I mean, if I look at a movie like Gladiator, that's inaccurate in many ways. If I look at Lincoln, there was some inaccuracies there. Um, if, Certainly, if I go back to Birth of a Nation, that's probably the one of the most inaccurate. Oh, don't get ever. me started on that! Uh-oh. I saw the YouTube clip
2: of that. Oh my goodness!
3: You know, all Lordy, Lordy. <laughs> jobs, that's the job of historians and individuals, and you know Hollywood—they do their thing. But with the internet, with the ability to do research, we have a responsibility to ourselves to educate ourselves. People can educate themselves in places like prisons. There's no excuse for us to not be able to find, especially in this generation, access to information that can liberate us. It really comes down to what we are willing to do and how far we're willing to go to get it. And really, we don't have to go as far as people did 20 years ago. All I have to do is type in on my cell phone and I can get information. Now, I have to be able to analyze that information, but I have that information right at my fingertips.
2: Absolutely. Dr. Moses,
4: what do you think? Well, again, I think I think there can be many interpretations of, of any cultural artifact—a movie, you know, um, a play, book, a lot, a lot of interpretations. I think, but like, what happens is you have these kind of outliers like Django that pop out, and, and and money is made. You know, we go and buy it, and we participate. Some of us think it's wonderful. You know, and I think a lot of it just shows you kind of the, the kind of cultural desert that we live in. It's not enough out there to feed the soul, to feed the whole being. You know, I don't mind going and being titillated by some movie where some black guy throws bombs, you know, and, and shoots, and you know, and, you know, shoots people. But, I mean, I want to also have a deeper understanding of, of the impact that slavery has had on our people. I'm just reading lead, um, Chicago's story that was going on in Chicago now where you can't even get in Detroit where you can't even get if you call the police, the police won't even come out anymore. They don't have enough police cars to service our our ambulances to service the people. Um in African American community that we used to provide jobs and sustenance for generations of people there's no it doesn't exist anymore. I mean I I'm I mean I'm just saying there's a lot of phenomenon in our society that are out of growth of the way in which we develop. We've been on a different development trajectory, as I said earlier, in this society. And I want to know why. And I think that it has to do with slavery, but it also has to do with actions that we have taken as a people. Can't blame it all on the white folks. Absolutely. And and so I think that we have to... I want to examine that, and I want to... And part of that is also the fact that we don't put out, we're not getting the, cult, our culture is not feeding us in the, uh, enough um, and, and of, of the right kinds of things so we can understand our, our existence and and, 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 and give and give expression to, you know, where we want to go as a people, you know. So you have the jangle of pop out kind of like I say, an outlier. But you don't have, a, you, don't have you know, it would be nice if there were 30 or 40 interpretations of slavery that were in popular comp- movies. But they're not. so. Uh, righty.
2: Let me get in here real quick. We're going to need to take our break. We'll be right back. This is a game on Business Talk. We'll be right back with you, uh, Dr. Moses.
1: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, we're back.
2: This is Game On Business Talk with Anthony Miles, and we're uh, continuing our discussion on the movie Django with uh, Dr. Carrie Lattimore and Dr. Charles Moses. Dr. Moses, you were making a point uh, at the end of the break. What were you saying again? Go ahead.
4: I don't remember what that point was. I'm trying to think of what it was, but I really don't remember. But I, I, just, I, do, I do think that we have to have a more brisk um, flow of cultural um, ideas, movies, whatever it takes. Culture is important. And you know, the Django shouldn't just pop out. You know, it should be one of you know a, a bunch of movies. The flavor is important to us, and it should be, and we want to understand it. It should be, you know, it should be. A, I mean, how about a movie about a movie about Harriet Tubman? You know, and the work that she did. Okay, I mean, I think I mean, I'm going to see that. I understand she carried a 40 caliber revolver, and and really? people and, and when people yeah. got scared and people got scared on the way. From the, from the south to the north, she pulled, put the gun up to her head, and said, "You got to keep walking." I mean, I think that'd be interesting. I want to see, you know, well, you know, I'd like to understand. some, I would like to see someone's interpretation of, of this woman and what she did and what, made, what motivated her, and 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 Frederick Douglass and, and the work that he did, and, and all these people who were, you know, part of that struggle, and and, and you know, I, I want to see more interpretations. And just so, so then a guy like uh, DeJango would, you know, it would just be a, you know, a phenomenon. I want to uh,
2: I want to yeah. ask you guys a, a pivotal scene that I saw in Django on Carrie, you just saw the movie do you do you remember the scene with uh uh with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio with the uh the brother that was in the trees with the dogs yeah. I, I remember taking my daughter to see the film and my daughter was very disturbed by what she saw visually I, uh, I want to get some you know, feedback yeah. from you on that what did you guys think of that?
3: There were several scenes that I, you know, one, I'll put that scene in another scene where the two the, the two slaves were fighting each other in front of, you know, oh, the yeah. slave masters. I thought both of those, you know, one, historically, you know, we do know a battle royale, but those weren't, ba- that wasn't exactly what we refer to as a battle royale, where you have a group of blacks who are just fighting for supremacy and money. Here you have two blacks fighting... Uh, in that case, the dollar one. You know, I just, you know, it, it kind of disgusted me as a scene, and I don't know the value of. And again, it's, it's a Hollywood movie; they have the right to do what they want to do. But I don't know the value of that scene. I'll just be honest; I don't. I, see totally, agree had. What's so I totally agree with what you. What I totally agree with you. What they did, you know, what they went and cherry-picked the
4: most egregious things. I'm sure those things happened in slavery, the worse. Um, they, you know, they take the things that have the most salacious value and they put them on in a movie so we could see them. And they, can, and they, you know, they wanted to get people's emotions, you know. Uh, but they, the movie has no redeeming value. We don't know who the jangle was, if he existed. You know, there's no attempt to, to really, you know, impart a message. You basically, you know, it's just a salacious series of scenes that are designed to make us, you know, titillate us in some way, you know, and without giving us any meaning of the institution and, and why it existed and how it existed. And, I mean, they weren't interested in that. And I think and if,
3: I may, uh, if I may um, add to that, I mean, I, I, right, and I think it, it, sometimes these kinds of movies, and the one thing that our entertainment industry does do is it allows us, in a sense, I just said that they, it's a, escapism, but sometimes it allows us to escape so much that we forget some of the things that are really happening. And so some of the discussions about Django you know, I've heard some people say, "Wow, it's a person. This is an opportunity for a man to get back." At what? I don't get that. You know, so I go to watch a movie to see somebody shoot somebody just for the sake of the race of the person that they're shooting. Um, I, I, I I'm very, you know, movies like this, in a sense, and it's sometimes, sometimes the interpretation of movies like this trouble me, because it, we see the same thing in the interpretations of this that we see with the Trayvon Martin case. Absolutely. Business, I, I, you know, there should be, however, you know, I want, it to, I want justice to be done however it's supposed to go, and I want a fair trial. But I also want a fair trial for those kids. I mean, I want justice to be done for those kids in Chicago. You know, I, I want us as a people to view life evenly, not just who kills the person, but the person that was killed. You know, if you look at the Philadelphia abortion doctor trial. As a community, with the current Gosnell situation, we almost said nothing. Yeah, we were so oh, about that. Here's a man who is killing babies yeah. in a sense. Yeah. and yet we have Trayvon Martin. Don't, and I'm not, and people may interpret me wrong, but the level of attention we've given to that, which is justified, don't get me wrong, but it minimizes. You know, we, we go all out when it's race in interracial relationships, but intra-racial, which we have much more, con- much more control over, we go silent. Absolutely. Right. So Django I
4: totally to agree silent with that. Again. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying, and so that's that's part of our hypocrisy, you know, because um, it's hard work when you're dealing with your own folk. You know, you have to get down in the community and get down to the trenches and, 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 and be responsible for your neighbor and, and for the kid around the corner who's a knucklehead. And when white folks get involved, we get all jumping, you know, everybody gets all up in a, in a lather and they want to try to score some moral points and try to balance the charts, you know, and, and they never get, you know, we never, you know we're never. never going to balance the books in America. It's always going to be hit for tat and, um, and try to punish people for things. You know, and Trayvon is probably a very nice young man. I don't know him, but... It's just like a lot of very, very big and significant legal cases involve very, very insignificant people. Trayvon, to me, is like Rodney King, the young man who lives in the margins. You know, his parents are separated. He, you know, he's going about his business. He might have, and it, it, had he lived. And, I, and I'm not. And I'm sure. So, I'm sure that, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't live. I think. He, I think it's a tragedy that he was killed. Had he lived. Absolutely. Most of us probably. Probably what most of us know him just like Rodney King. Rodney King in the margins of life. You know, he was in the gray areas. You know, he did a little bit of good, a whole lot of bad. You know, he killed four or five babies. But he, he ends up being a symbol for something much more profoundly impacting our community. So what I'm interested in doing is trying to address the Trayvons and the Rodney Kings of our society so that they become more productive people. And I'm not saying that Trayvon was not productive. I'm not saying he was a bad person. I'm just saying, he, to me, he typifies, uh, he's almost a, a caricature in the black community of a young man Who's kind of really not in the main, not really doing good, not really doing bad, and we tolerate that we don't you know we accept that we have a high tolerance for that kind of kind of solution you know in people and um so um I think we need to do some internal work uh in terms of you know um increasing our intolerance for people who are dysfunctional in our community you know we, can, we have you know you know gang you know gang-dominated parts of our community. We have drugs running rampant in our community. We have all kinds of pathology running. And I think we're going to have to assume more responsibility for what happens in our community. Absolutely.
2: Well, that's our show for today. I want to thank our guests, Dr. Kerry Lattimore and Dr. Charles Moses. Thank you so much for uh, discussing this topic with us today. I mean, I was uh, inspired listening to both of you. Here's our quote for the week. And I think it's appropriate for this particular topic. A fool can always insult a civilized person, but a civilized person cannot insult a fool because it is not their nature. Anonymous. Well, I'm out of here. Thank you so much for joining Game on Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles. We will see you next week. Take care. Thank you.
1: Thank you again for listening to Game On Business Talk Radio. Please join your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles, again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll engage in more unique and exciting discussion topics then.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel.